Okay, good morning. Uh, today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, the primary verse is going to be Ephesians 3.20 if you have your Bible, if you have your phone on your uh, Bible on your phone. Um, and I'll go ahead and start out with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just come to you today. Father, we honor you today. And Lord, we just come together as a family. And Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for for your word. We thank you for inspiring us, instructing us, and stirring us up, giving us courage, giving us strength, Lord, to stand on what you are and who you are and what your word says, to be able to be strong in these last days, to be able to be strong, Lord God, and to, and to learn of who you are and to learn how to live and how to apply these things to our life. So, Father, we just thank you today for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, in the name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen. So today, I'm uh, in Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to be uh, trying to wrap this around, don't put God in a box. And I know you've probably heard people uh, give messages like this before, and, and uh, I'm sure uh, do a lot better or give different insight. But that's why I say that it's good to hear different people uh, different ministers, different teachers, because everybody gives it a little bit different way, and you hear things in a different way, or people have a different revelation. And every time you bring God's Word up, every time you read God's Word, that's why you, when you read it, uh, you may have read this before, Ephesians chapter 3, you say, oh, I've read that before. Yeah, but when you read it again, you're at a different place, you're in a different uh, mm -hmm. spiritually, you're in a different place. Emotionally, you're in a different place. Mm -hmm. And you hear things differently based on where you are emotionally, spiritually, in your life, things that you're going through. Mm -hmm. So if you've heard it before, you'll hear it in a different light. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse uh, uh, starting with 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge uh, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. This is, Amen. Uh, Paul is talking to the Ephesians. Now let me read this to you in, a, in the uh, New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation, it says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. As you trust Him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. To accomplish infinitely more that we might ask or think in the in the King James, which most people read it like this, unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That power is the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I said don't put God in a box. When you think about putting something in a box, this is a box. And if I put something in this box and I contain it in this box, and when you're talking about God in our life, or you're talking about the power of God working in us, you need a bigger box. (laughs) If this is all you're going to get, if this is all you're going to take of God, you need a bigger box. Let's take it a little bit further. You don't need a box. You need to open it up completely wide that you don't put God in something that says this is all there is or this is all that I can receive or all that I can get from you or all that I can learn of you. You don't want God to be put in a box. The box in that box is only what we can imagine. So if you put God in a box, then that's as far as you can think he's going to go. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot attain anything from God without faith. You are saved by grace through faith. God did all the work, but if you don't believe, if you don't have faith in his name, if you don't uh, uh, connect with him through faith, you can't receive salvation, the very basic thing, without faith. So faith is what makes the connection, but the bo- in that, if, if you put God in a box, that's only what we can imagine, only as far as we can think God can do. In a, cir- in a circumstance or a situation when we're believing God for something, no matter how old you are, young or old, at some point you're going you're gonna to be asking of God. You're going to be requiring of God. You're going to be asking for His help. You're going to need wisdom. And if all you can imagine God doing for you is what you put in that little box, that's as far as you can go. How does God get out of that box? God gets out of that box by you letting him out, expanding your thinking and your revelation of his word and who he is, not limiting him by what you have seen and heard before. Not only limiting. If you look at uh, people in life, most people only do what they've seen done before. They'll follow after someone's footsteps. Let me show you, um, let me show you in Mark, Mark chapter 5. Verses 21 through 43, uh, Jesus heals a woman and Jairus' daughter. So, and when Jesus was passed over again in the ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh to the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, and I pray you, I'm begging you, please come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, Jairus is coming to Jesus by faith. Now, he's asking him this. This is what he can, if, if you can get to her, he said she's dying. But if you can get to her before she dies then, and lay your hands on her, I know that you can heal her. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, on their way, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years had suffered many things by the physician. She had tried everything, spent all of her money that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. When she heard of Jesus, 
She came in the press, the crowd behind him, and touched his garment. For she said, she had said before she touched his garment, if I may but touch his clothes, I will be made whole. So in her, what she had put in, she had imagined, so in her, say if in her box, she had, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She could imagine this by faith. So she had that. She, she had that within herself to be able to do this. When she touched the hem of his garment, verse 29, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or healing power had gone out of him, turned himself about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Everybody's touching you. He wasn't talking about just who bumped up against me, who touched me. Someone tapped into the power of God. Someone touched into the touched the anointing. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, in this day, if you know the, the history of this, her going out with uh, a blood disease in public, she could have been stoned to death because she was considered unclean. She was not allowed to go around any people, especially religious people. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, you can't find anywhere before this that anybody else had touched the hem of his garment and been made whole. It's not recorded that anywhere else before this, but on the inside of her, she knew that if she could sneak in and just get to the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. Now, you can think of another situation where someone outside of the box never had anything happen like this before. The centurion who said, if you will come, and he, he went to Jesus saying, come and heal my servant for he's sick. Jesus said, I'll come and go. And he said, no, don't come into my house, but only speak the word. He knew that because he was a man of authority, that if Jesus only said Nowhere else had ever been recorded, and nobody else had ever said to Jesus, if you will only say, then this will happen. But this man knew, he had the imagination, he had the faith to say, I am a man of authority, and Jesus, if you say the word, it will be done. So in, in that respect, he had opened up the box around him and said, nobody else has done this, nobody else has said this, but I'm going to destroyed the box and say that it's never been done before, but I'm going to believe that God can move and do this. Now, verse 34, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, remember, Jairus was coming to the Lord and saying, My daughter is lying, getting ready to die. Will you come to my house, lay hands on her? Jesus is on his way to heal his daughter now, Jairus is on his way, and this lady stops Jesus and is telling him all that had happened to her through, from this plague that had, that had uh, been troubling her body for 12 years. And if any of you know, uh, most women, will, when they go to tell a story, they're not like a man with very few words. Don't get mad at me, ladies. So if she's telling this story, she's going to be detailed. She's going to tell him 
all that had happened to her, how many times she went to the physician, all this that happened, all every person that tried to tell her that there was no way, the her what her mother-in-law, what her sister-in-law, what what her neighbor said, all the all this is going to be wrapped up in this story. Now, what do you think Jay Iris is saying? Please be quiet. He's supposed to be coming to my house. He's supposed to be coming to heal my daughter. My daughter's lying dead, dying and almost dead, and I need him to come to me, and you're holding it back. Please let him go. So all this while this is going on, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troubles the master any further? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he says unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Okay. Now, Jairus, if Jairus would have kept, if Jairus would have kept what he thought in this box and would have said, If he comes to my house, I can believe that she'll be healed. When they came to him and told him that his daughter was dead, don't trouble the master anymore. What do you think that was getting ready to come out of Jairus' mouth? Master, I wish you'd have been there a little bit earlier. Just like they said about Lazarus. If you'd only been here three days before, he's been dead for three days. So Jairus is there standing with the Lord. They're telling him his daughter's dead. All of this has gone on. If he'd only gotten there a little bit sooner, Jairus would have probably told the Lord, never mind, I wish you would, would have came early. What did Jesus do? Jesus did not let him speak. Jesus said, they said, he, they said, why trouble you? They're not talking to the Lord. They're saying, Jairus, why trouble you the master anymore? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, be not afraid, only believe. Jesus was taking him out of the box that he had and saying, with me, there is no box. With me, there is no lid. There is no walls that I cannot come through. So, if Jairus would have kept him in the box that he knew, he would not have received his daughter to life. And it goes on to say that Jesus went to the house, put the people out because they were laughing at him, saying that Jesus told him, he said, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And they all laugh at him. He knows what's going on to him. I'm getting ready to raise her from the dead. I'm getting ready to call her spirit back into her body. She's just sleeping. Don't be, don't, death is nothing for me. That's right. And they're all laughing at him. So he puts them out of the house, and, and most people will say that he put them out of the house because of their unbelief. He put them out of the house because he didn't want that unbelief in there. And I believe that's part of that, but I also, in my mind, I think that Jesus was saying, you know what, you, you're laughing and you're mocking and you don't believe then you're not going to see the miracle that's getting ready to take place. You're going to make fun and you're going to laugh. And he put them all out and he only let the ones in, the disciples and the, and the parents, to be able to see the daughter raised from the dead. Out of that box, when we put God in a box, we limit him to what we can believe God to do. What we can believe him to, to move in our life. How many of you know that when you pray for something, 99% of the time, you don't know how God is going to meet that need. Mm. You don't have a clue how he's going to bring it to pass or how God's going to work for you. But when we put God in that box, we don't go to God and ask him. When we have God limited to only being able to work a certain way, then we don't put it all out there and say, God, 
I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't care how you're going to do it, but I trust and believe that you are going to do it. So whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, if we take and keep this box mentality out to say, God, I'm not going to limit you to say, you can only meet my need here, here, or here, or God, uh, I, I'll come to you because it's, uh, you know, I have this, this problem in my life, but I'm not, I can't come to you with this problem because I'm not sure you will be able to do it or handle it or you even want to handle it. A lot of people don't go to God with small things because mm-hmm. they think that God is only interested in the big things. But you know what? I'm a father and when my children have problems, 99% of the time, the problems they bring to me are small. To them, they're big. To me, they're not that big. I don't have any shoes to wear. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm like, girl, we go get you a pair of shoes at the store. Five, what? Five dollars? How much is a pair of shoes? Five dollars. Okay. For a lady, now it's like $99? What, $120? I ain't buying you no Nikes for $275. Forget it. Not that I couldn't buy them, but I'm not spending that kind of money on that. But you take a, a problem of ourself when we're thinking of our own ability, the problem looks huge. But when it's compared to God, right. God's saying, don't put me in a little box that I can't I can't work for you or I can't do this. You're holding me in this little tiny. You think I don't have a way to get around this box? You don't think I have a way to meet your need? You don't think that I have the ability? I'm the one that spoke and created the universe. I'm the one that I'm the one that heals the sick, raises the dead. I'm the one that speaks life. I'm the one that my word is still working thousands of years ago when when Jesus spoke when God spoke the word through Jesus, he spoke that word and it's still today the scientists will tell you the galaxies are still growing. Amen. They look out and they're they're expanding. It's as if the word when he said let there be B, 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 thousands of years later, B, B. It's still being. It's still producing. So the thing that we're asking God for, when we limit God, when we limit it to that box, we're limiting God. Why do we limit him? God is not limiting us. God's not doing the limiting. We're the ones that are limiting him. God never put limits on and says, just like the centurion, nobody had ever come up with that before. And you think about you're telling Jesus, God in the flesh, how to heal your servant? You're the one telling him that? God didn't correct him and say, oh, oh, wait, wait, whoa, I'm the healer here. Don't be trying to tell me how to do this. He didn't put limitations on us. We put the limitations on ourselves by not believing, by not trusting, and not allowing our imagination and faith in God to be as big as it can be. Once this lady did this, you read on in the in the later chapters. It's it goes on to say when Jesus at uh, was at Gennesaret that all the people came around him and begged them, "Let us just touch the hem of his garment." Why did they say that? Because they had that lady that touched the hem of his garment opened up the box because they'd never heard of that before. But they took their little box. Now they've expanded it and said, "You know what." Hey, if she can do it, I can do it. But what I'm telling you is, just like that centurion, if you have never, if you've never seen anybody else get a bigger box, you can still get a bigger, bigger box by faith. You may have never seen it before, but you can still have a bigger box. You think Moses ever seen the Red Sea open? When, when did that happen? He had to believe God. He could have said, oh, God, what, what do you mean? Go up to the sea and, and stretch my rod? Oh, no, no, no. 
all of these things, there was a first for everything. Their box had to be opened up and expanded by believing God and trusting Him. So when you do it by faith, when you go to God and you trust Him, and you don't question Him, and you don't tell Him how to, God, I need it by this time, and I need you to work this. I need you to send the money in the mail. If God, if you can, if you can get them or get it through my family member, God would say, I don't need your family member. I've got this. No, God, if you can get it through my family member, he said, well, your family member is not obeying me or this person over here is not. So that's the route you want me to go. You've just limited me. When you tell God how to answer your prayer in a certain way, um, not, not, not talking like the centurion, but when you limit God to say, God, only if you, do, that's as, as much faith as you can have, you're really doing it with hoping it's going to come that way. When you're limiting God by saying, only this way, Lord, only this way, only this way, or God, if you can do this, then I can believe you. You are limiting how much that God can do by putting him in a tiny little box. Mm -hmm. Instead of Ephesians 3.20, that God can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to him and his power. Not according to our power, according to his power. So the blessings of the Lord working in us, working through us, seeing God move, seeing God work, seeing God open up the doors. And then let me read this to you in the, in the message translation. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine yes. or guess or request or, or request in your wildest dreams. Amen. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. God always working for us on our behalf, moving and working far above what we can limit him to by just holding him into what we can see with our natural eye, but what we can believe for by faith will open up that box and rip the sides off of it yes. to where God is like, you are not holding me back. You're not limiting me. By faith, if you, we can hold on to what God has, who God is, we can move and do anything and accomplish anything by faith. God is able to take us out of this place no matter what our economy is, no matter what uh, our, our job situation is, no matter what, what this political arena is, God is able to take us who believe Him and trust Him, move past what the natural man can see, and go far beyond that. Most people can't see probably past next year. But we, by faith, can see and believe that God is still working. He's still on our side. He's not left us alone. Right. He's not abandoned us, and he doesn't give up on us. So we are not going to give up on him. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, today, we thank you that by faith, Lord God, we're going to take a hold of what your word says, to trust you, to believe you, far beyond and past what any anything that we can think, Lord God, not limiting you by just our imagination, but allowing our imagination to expand to you, not out limit you to our imagination. Lord, our imagination has to catch up to you. Our faith has to catch up to you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as we trust you and watch you move, Lord, by faith, we're going to say, Lord, the problems or the situations that we're going through is nothing for you. That, Lord God, we magnify you above our situation. That, Lord God, that we look to you to get us out of this situation because in our own strength, it's not possible. In our own uh, power, it's not possible. But God, in you and through you, 
All these things are possible. And Lord, most of all, you have given us eternal life. You have given us, Lord God, a, a, an eternal kingdom that we are a part of to never, ever, Lord God, to never end. And Father, we are so grateful and thankful for what you did by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us, to pay the price for our sins, that we could live forever in the kingdom of heaven with you. Now, Father, we thank you, Lord. And Lord, if there's anybody that doesn't know you, and they don't know, God, if you would even be willing to talk to them or hear them. Father, I'm asking you today, Lord, to fill their room up with the power of your presence. That, Lord, today, if they would just call upon you and say, Lord Jesus, if you would just come into my life and, and change me, I give you my life. I repent of my sins and say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I am, I am not able to ever earn salvation. But if you have, as they have said, have given it freely, then I'll take it. And Lord Jesus, if you'll be my Savior, I'll live for you to the best of my ability. And Father, anyone that cries out to you and calls upon your name, the Word says, anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for touching people's lives today. Lord, healing them emotionally, healing them on the inside. People that are tormented and, Lord, struggling with fear in the name of Jesus to find peace, to find security in you. Father, today that people are, are don't know where to turn to, that God, that your presence fill that room and give them the peace that tomorrow is going to be okay in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for moving and working on their behalf. We thank you for setting them free, Lord God, from addictions. We thank you for setting them free, Lord God, from, from uh, oppression and depression. We thank you, Lord, for delivering them from tormenting thoughts, delivering them from nightmares, delivering them from, from anguish and, and all of these things that try to oppress people, Lord God. Uh, post-traumatic stress in the name of Jesus on people that have been in the military Lord people that have have come have seen horrible things or have been faced with uh, their life being taken from them or having uh, uh, in warfare or gun fires going off around them Lord God and, and uh, struggling to stay alive father that stress that tries to overtake them, Lord, to even take their life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for that peace filling those rooms in the name of Jesus and delivering them from those fears and those torments, those night terrors, Lord, and all that traumatic stress in the name of Jesus, delivering them and setting them free in the name that is above every name. That name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we worship you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. And thank you for touching people's lives, reaching them, Lord, where nobody else can reach them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.